Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Radhika Dutt is the author of the upcoming book, Radical Product Thinking, The New Mindset for Innovating Smarter. She is an entrepreneur and product leader who has participated in four acquisitions, two of which were companies that she founded. She advises organizations from high-tech startups to government agencies on building radical products that create a fundamental change. She is currently advisor on product thinking to the Monetary Authority of Singapore, which is Singapore's financial regulator and central bank. She also serves on the board of the independent publisher Barrett Kohler and the Association of Product Professionals. She also teaches entrepreneurship and innovation at Northeastern's Demore McKim School of Business. She co-founded the Radical Product Thinking as a movement of leaders creating vision-driven change and as a frequent speaker at business events and conferences around the world. And if that was not enough, she also speaks nine languages. And for some reason, which I hope she'll share with us, she's now learning her 10th. So Radhika, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Great. And I did a general introduction of you. And I think folks would love to hear from you a little bit more information about what you're currently doing today and how you are interacting in the marketplace. Great. Um, my background is that, you know, having been an entrepreneur and built products, uh, what I realized was that I was learning the hard way how to build products. Uh, and, you know, the interesting thing about my background that I guess looks kind of uh, odd, but then all comes together is the fact that I've never held two consecutive jobs in the same industry. So every single job I've ever held has been in a different industry and in various sizes of companies from startups to multinationals. But what brings it all together, right, uh, for me is that I've realized that building good products um, is a way of thinking. And Product is your mechanism to bring about change in the world. And I guess that brings us to being brave. Uh, Creating change in the world means thinking of your mechanism as a product and being brave to engineer that change systematically. Um, And having built products across this really wide range of industries and sizes of companies, what brought me to radical product thinking and writing that book uh, was because I was seeing the same pattern of problems and diseases just over and over again. Uh, And this was 
my desire to fix the problem and say, you know, we can do this differently and uh, build products and create change very systematically. Well, if we go back to your background just for a moment, when you look at your career path, was it purposeful that you changed industry from time to time? Was it coincidental that that just happened to be where the next opportunity was? I mostly changed industries so many times, I think because I was following interesting people that I wanted to work with. I did startups and then I was searching, you know, um, for the next company I wanted to work at. And uh, I really liked the CEO of Avid Technology. Uh, I'd met him and then I decided I absolutely had to work at this company. Uh, And somehow I ended up, you know, finding a job there. Um, Just I was determined to work there. Um, And uh, yeah, so like, every you know from avid for instance i followed the cfo at avid to the next startup that he went to uh he brought me along and um you know that was star and telecom so it was kind of following the right kind of people that um that i thought were amazing leaders uh, as i went into these different industries well in hindsight it's a fantastic career path because what you have done is diversify your capabilities and viewpoints. A lot of people stay within one industry. So when I first began my career, I started in retailing and my subsequent two jobs were in retailers. And so if I had still been in retail, still stayed in that career path, I forever probably would have been in retail. And I ultimately left retailing because this was at a time when the hours were getting uh, horrible. And we were opening Sunday morning and staying open later and opening earlier. And I had a small family and so I needed to leave retailing and went to work for a business to business services company. But it provides, I think, fantastic diversification on that front. And something else you said that I'd love for us to talk for a few minutes about, even if it's extemporaneously, is how bravery and the need to be bravery in some ways could be thought of as a product or a project, right? Something that you recognize needs to be done. Maybe there's something that you need to say to a boss or a colleague that would be hard to do. And the context of what you're saying is kind of like a product. Like, how can I say what I need to say and do what I need to do with this person in order to help them make progress? I hope that presumption made sense. And I'd be curious what your thoughts or observations might be on how to think about the need to be brave with somebody, you know, as a product or a project. That's a really interesting observation. And I do agree. I think you can look at it as a product. Um, And what I mean by uh, creating change systematically is thinking about it uh, in a vision-driven way. Whenever you want to create change, thinking about what what is your vision for the change that you want to create? And then very systematically translating that vision into action. So whether it is, you know, talking to someone about giving them feedback, difficult feedback, let's say, uh, or creating change in your company uh, in terms of perhaps addressing a new market, it all starts with what is the change you want to see? And then how will that translate into your strategy, uh, your decision making, and finally your execution? And how will you measure progress? Well, I love this idea of context. And, and when I think of context, it's a lot what you're describing right now, which is kind of thinking of the end result. You know, what is it I want to say? Why do I want to say it? What is the benefit to the other person of what it is that I want to say? Because I think a lot of us avoid being brave because we create negative outcomes. And I think most people think of the glass as being half empty. 
I'm going to get in trouble. I won't do it well. My boss is going to get mad at me. I might get fired, right? I mean, who knows what these obstacles are that we create for ourselves instead of doing what you're describing, which is looking at as a product that has a positive outcome and focusing more on the positive ways to make sense. Is that what you think about and talk about when you talk about product development and how to have a better outcome? Yes. And in fact, I think part of the problem and why we have this fear is because uh, the starting point and having this vision isn't really clear. It, we don't have this very clear sense of what is this change that I want to create. Uh, and you need to start with such a clear definition that that inspires you enough that you're able to envision that change so clearly in your mind that you can then translate it into action. So that's one of the most important starting points that I talk about in the book, uh, that when we want to talk about change, you know, conventional wisdom is that, oh, your vision has to be broad and never changing, etc. cetera. Uh, that's just something that uh, I found to not be true, that a vision really needs to be very detailed. And, you know, the way you described it, that change that you have, you're thinking about, uh, you know, you, it's an end state that you can clearly picture in your mind. And uh, the book starts with an explanation of what does it mean to have a vision at that level of clarity? And, and to me, it, it requires answering five questions, the who, what, why, when, and how. So whose world are you trying to change? Um, what is their problem? And um, what, what exactly are they trying to do? So creating a clear definition of the problem. Why does it need changing? Because let's face it, maybe it doesn't need changing. And if that's the case, you have no reason for the product to exist. Then we can say, when will you know that you've arrived? Meaning, what does that world look like when you've created this change and you've solved the problem? And then finally, you can talk about how you're going to solve that problem. And this is that mechanism, uh, your product, your approach, or something like that, that says, you know, here's how I'm going to achieve this world that I just envisioned. And the radical product thinking approach uses a fill in the blank statement to make this who, what, why, when, and how questions really easy to answer. Well, I love the model and going back to the start of your uh, conversation, I think a lot of people start on what I want to say to the person I want to speak to, not why do I want to say it. And I think if you start with the why and look at it from a, per a place of helpfulness and positive influence, your likelihood of feeling better about it and doing it is way greater than uh, starting with the what, which might lead you to feeling like, gee, I wouldn't want to hear this if I was this person, so I'm not going to say it to them. And so this why we're working on it, you know, does sound like a fantastic place to start. Does your book, you know, provide any ideas or suggestions on how to start with the why? It does. And, you know, I think part of the problem, so I, I looked at um, Simon Sinek's book, uh, start with why. And I love the book, right? But one of the hardest things about the book is no matter how heartily you believe in the idea that you need to start with why, it's just not clear how do you do that exactly. Um, and this, what I needed, I realized, was the step-by-step process to be able to define that why very clearly. And so this is why, you know, when I do this exercise with organizations or with individuals, in defining, by, before you can get to that why question, you kind of have to be able to answer the first two, which is whose problem is it that you're trying to solve? Um, 
and what is that problem so looking at it from that end user's perspective or you know having that empathy to be able to understand what exactly are they experiencing what is that problem uh, and then getting to why does it need to be solved well, empathy is a key word we talk about frequently on the podcast, which is really as you're having a conversation with somebody about something they should do differently or think about doing differently in order to have a different outcome is putting yourself in their shoes, right? Rather than coming in and saying, hey, you're not doing something right and here's what you should do. You should demonstrate curiosity and listening and empathy to say, hey, I wanted to provide you some feedback on something that I'm experiencing. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you approach this and why you approach it the way you approach it so I can kind of frame what it is I want to say to you because what I want to say to you, I want you to understand and connect with, not feel like I'm judging or evaluating you because I'm not doing that. You know, I'm here to help. So I think that's a great you know, place to start, which is, uh, and for our listeners, a place of thinking about the why I want to say what it is. I would imagine also you could talk to others to say, you know, are you experiencing this the same way I'm experiencing it? Because, you know, I might be the only one, but, you know, people don't treat other people much differently. And so if I'm having a negative uh, perception of you or if everyone's talking at the water cooler about you, it's probably a common experience that they're having. Exactly. And I think what you talk about uh, relates to psychological safety in the team. And that's one of the big elements that I talk about in the book that resonates with this idea of being brave at work. So, you know, my idea of radical product thinking means, you know, we can also engineer the culture at work in this very systematic way through vision, strategy, prioritization and uh, execution and measurement. So when I talk about culture, um, you know, today, for example, when we think about culture change at work, I find the vision for that to be really nebulous and abstract. Well, what exactly does culture change mean? Uh, and, you know, if you define culture as, oh, I want to create a culture that's open and transparent. Well, you know, that just doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. Well, what exactly does that does an open and transparent culture mean? Um, and so part of what I talk about in terms of being brave at work is having these conversations where as a team, you can sit down and talk about your culture in very concrete ways. And I created this rubric in the book uh, where, you know, you can measure or think about your culture along two axes. The first axis is whether work is fulfilling or not fulfilling. And the second axis is whether work is urgent or not urgent. And so the work that is not urgent and it's fulfilling, that's the most fun stuff we do, right? That's purposeful stuff where we feel like work is so meaningful. Then there's heroism, which is work that's fulfilling, but uh, it's very urgent. This is when you're firefighting and fixing issues for customers. It adds spice to your workday, but you do too much of it and you feel like, oh God, you know, I'm just burning out. Um, then you have the work that's not fulfilling, but it's urgent. This is where, you know, you have to build consensus with all your team all the time for small decisions. You know, you feel like uh, to order a laptop, maybe this takes you a few days of paperwork. That's organizational cactus where it feels like you're trudging through a field of cactus. It's slow and painful. And then the last quadrant is where 
there are tasks that are not fulfilling and they're not urgent. It's like this low grade fever that's just ongoing for a long time. This is where it's soul sucking because you have to self censor. You cannot really speak up because it feels like a toxic environment. And so the being brave part in terms of culture change is putting out this rubric in a team and saying, let's talk about our culture. What activities put us in the meaningful work quadrant? What activities are we experiencing in the heroism or soul sucking quadrant? And then talking about how are we going to create a good culture, meaning how are we going to create a bigger meaningful work quadrant and lessen the size of the other three danger quadrants? And so this is the kind of work that we can actually do as a group by having these discussions, creating psychological safety uh, and being brave by speaking openly. Well, I love the idea of culture, especially as it can influence bravery in the workplace. Unfortunately, most companies, and I would guess randomly 95% of them don't include being brave with others and how to do it. So it's not just about saying, you know, make sure you're brave with people, but what to, what to say, how to say it, how to start the conversation productively does not exist in most organizations. And so it's harder for me as an individual in an organization that doesn't talk about it, doesn't train people on it. Uh, you know, it's almost invisible to be brave, right? Because it's such a unique type of experience. And yet for all of us, we have had people we've worked with where we wanted to give them professional feedback today as a leadership coach and as a team coach and as a podcast host, you know, I, don't look for it. But anytime I see something that I think a person needs to know, I'll see if first I'll look for permission to say, hey, are you open for some unsolicited feedback? Because they didn't ask me, but I have an observation that I think they would want to know. And, you know, 99% of the time the people say yes. And then I share, say, hey, here's something that I experienced. The choice is always yours as to whether or not you want to do something differently to have a different outcome. But I thought it would be important for you to know that. So in the work that you do, do you talk about or help people understand and develop culture? I do, because in building products, you need to have teams being able to share very diverse perspectives. You know, the whole idea of building our business requires a shared vision for what are we trying to create in the world, right? And it requires people buying into the strategy and being able to execute on it, uh, being able to incorporate that vision in their everyday decisions, because you cannot dictate every single decision that they're making. So I definitely find that in addition to these different ideas of vision, strategy, prioritization, and execution and measurement, culture is a big piece of what I do so that when you have the right culture, you're able to get people able to, uh, when you're able to have the right culture, you can have people contributing to the vision, strategy, et cetera, and being able to put their best work out there. Fantastic. I'm just curious about your book, Radical Product Thinking, The New Mindset for Innovating Smarter. Can you just tell us a little bit about what the goal of the book is and whom you hope the audience would be for it? The audience is very much along the lines of, uh, you know, something you said earlier, people who want to be brave at work, right, who want to really create change, but 
they're worried about how do I create that change at work? You know, very often in society, we think that the people who can create change or build visionary products are, you know, those rare leaders, people like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. Uh, instead, this book really gives us a very clear and systematic process for how can we be vision driven and uh, start with this clear vision and systematically translate it into action. Uh, and so it's designed really for people who feel like, you know, we can't just uh, wing it or or just let's just try different things and see what works in terms of building our business, but want to take a vision-driven approach and build these game-changing businesses and create change in this very systematic way. Well, it sounds fantastic. I look forward to reading it. And three lessons I just want to share with our listeners that I heard today the first is, you know, think of bravery as a product. So think of it as uh, something that you need to do. It's not a single event, but it might be a series of events or something, you know, a little bit more complex than just sitting with somebody for two minutes and sharing with them some feedback. Uh, you know, you want to create change systemically, right? So think of it uh, in respect to the change that you want to have as an outcome. And thirdly, you know, start with the why. And I think that's probably the most valuable lesson for today, which is, you know, don't go right to the what you want to say, oh, I've got to tell my boss to stop doing this. But why? You know, why do I want to share this with my boss? How is this going to help my boss be an effective leader? I think that's a really valuable perspective that we've shared with our listeners today. So Radhika, thank you so much for your time today. And I'm just wondering, how can people get in contact with you if they'd like to hear more about your work or your thoughts about bravery in the workplace? Uh, so there are two ways. The first is my website, which is radicalproduct.com. And you can also download the free toolkit for creating such a vision statement uh, from the website. Uh, and the second is through LinkedIn. Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. And as you're applying this approach, um, you know, I love to hear from uh, people who are radical product thinkers. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was great speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. We hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and our download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, electronically, and in audio everywhere online. You have something to say, yet are not saying it. You have something to do, yet are not doing it. Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.